Hello, I'm Jack Hinsberger, and this is the Please Parks Podcast, the podcast where I answer the question of how we can improve parks in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I advocate for more sustainably designed, uh, better planned out urban parks. So first I'll start us off with uh, a park that I believe is a perfect example of a well-designed, sustainable park in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I'm actually going to cut to me at that park. I'm here at Union Plaza along the Antelope Creek. Uh, the Mopac Trail's right next to me, and I'm sitting by a waterfall that connects two ponds. Now, this park here, Union Plaza Park, is my idea of the ideal urban park. There's a large pond to my left where fish can rest and breed. And then there's a flowing creek to my right, which goes over a waterfall, which oxygenates the water. This park is in stark contrast to the typical concrete line, V-shaped creek that you often see in Nebraska. It's not dredged out, and if it is, it's got a natural bowl shape that allows that waterside habitat to still exist. There's reeds and there's there's weeds and there's things that dip down into the water. It's perfect for an urban park and it's a perfect design for an urban creek. So obviously while I was there I, I described the park and I talked a lot about what was good about the park. Um, and I talked about a lot of the environmental benefits. But first, uh, in this podcast, I'm actually going to talk about the human benefits. So, according to the cityparksalliance.org, natural spaces and urban parks come with a slew of human benefits. Um, They encourage active lifestyles, reduce overall health costs, strengthen local economies, increase community engagement, reduce crime, clean the air, and improve public health. So this isn't even, this doesn't even have to do with the environment yet. These are just the human benefits of a good park. Um, And this is really important to Lincoln, Nebraska. I mean, the average salary has been declining at 1.37% a year. Personal health care is up 3.43%. So, I mean, these, these are markers that, you know, the population of Lincoln, Nebraska is making less money and spending more on health care. And, you know, of those, of those benefits that I talked about with parks, strengthening local economy, improving public health, um, there's something that we really need uh, in the area. And then, of course, there's the non-human benefit of the park, which, you know, if you think about it, it really is a human benefit. When we, when we better the environment and when we create more sustainable designs, we're ensuring a better place for our kids to live and for us to live. Um, so, you know, when we better the environment, when we provide habitat for animals and fish and plants, uh, we really make our lives better. So another benefit for parks, um, especially you know, these sustainably designed parks, is that they, uh, they offer habitat for animals. So like the Mopac Trail Park, in contrast to the typical shallow, fast-flowing stream, has a lot of ponds built into it. Um, 
And I think ponds in the United States are pretty underestimated. Ponds are extremely important, especially now. Uh, in the book called The Omnivore's Dilemma, the book sort of details about uh, how the U.S. used to be made up of nearly 5% water. Now we're down to 1% water. Um, we've lost all of this water mass because uh, of our hunting of the beaver. Beavers used to build dams and make ponds, um, you know, and we've also filled in a lot of wetlands and swamps for farmland because that, that, that land tends to be pretty nutrient rich. So if you can imagine, you know, looking out onto the Nebraska prairie uh, 200, 300 years ago, it would be dotted with small ponds and swampy lands and you know, maybe not as much in Nebraska, but at least in, you know, in a lot of areas, there would be quite a bit of water. And, you know, these ponds support lots of things. They support mammals that drink from it. They support little amphibians and reptiles that live on the banks. Um, they support fish because they provide a place for fish to breed and to rest. And the reality of it is tiny little creeks that we usually see, these super dredged out deep creeks do not support this kind of wildlife you know they are just not environmentally sustainable so when you have a sustainable park like the union plaza or the mopac trail park you're reintroducing that ecosystem and you're providing a place that has all the benefits for humans that we had just talked about and now let's talk about the uh the opposite end of the spectrum the downsides of having urban spaces, having parks, having normal creeks, um, but having the, the, typically, the typically found parks. Um, you know, you go to a lot of parks, especially in urban areas, especially um, parks that obviously don't have a lot of money put into them, it's going to be a monocrop of grass, uh, which is fine, I suppose. It's better than, you know, a monocrop of asphalt, but it's not nature. It's, it's, it's grass, um, but it's not nature. And so you look at a lot of these parks, you'll see maybe a playground, maybe a baseball diamond, and then a whole lot of grass. And this just doesn't provide habitat. I mean, grass can provide habitat for worms and small insects, but without trees, you know, there's, there's no real birds. Um, without water, there's, there's, there's nothing to give the animals any water. There's nothing to have fish or amphibians or, you know, insects that live in the water. Um, you know, typical parks are just lacking habitat, you know, and it's so easy to change that park over to a sustainable park, you know, to make a underground creek into a surface creek. And I think people like it too. But there is a problem with surface creeks and, uh, that problem is that they flood and that flooding is why the typical creek in Lincoln, Nebraska is very dredged out, shallow, you know, narrow, and honestly pretty ugly. They have steep, steep walls. Sometimes they're even lined with concrete. Um, it just doesn't look natural. So the reason why these creeks are dredged out is because they want to prevent flooding. You know, the idea is you make the river wider so that it can hold more water um, and then the water doesn't go into neighborhoods. But in an article in The Guardian called To Dredge or Not to Dredge, it states that you can increase the flow of a river by dredging, 
but that is likely to cause faster and more dangerous floods downstream when the water hits the nearest urban bridge. I mean, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Uh, it'd be nearly impossible to dredge a river deep enough to stop all floods. If you think of all the watershed that goes into a creek or into a river, to dredge it deep enough to hold all of that water, it would have to be hundreds of feet deep, and it's just impossible. And, you know, when you dredge it like that, you get rid of the wetlands that are around it. You get rid of those shallow kind of swampy areas that really are super rich for uh, ecosystems and they're super rich for nutrients. Um, when you get rid of those, you know, you're killing off things like the Salt Creek tiger beetle. So uh, in OutdoorNebraska.gov, if you don't already know about it, um, the Salt Creek tiger beetle is one of the world's rarest insects and is listed as an endangered species. It is known to occur only in Lancaster and Saunders County in Nebraska, just north of Lincoln. So if you think of Lincoln as some boring place with no, you know, ecological oddities, there is a beetle, the Salt Creek tiger beetle, that only lives um, in Lancaster and Saunders counties, and its habitat is these low areas around, specifically Salt Creek, but these low areas around creeks, um, and those creeks are what's getting dredged out. These low areas are what's disappearing, so, you know, things like the Salt Creek tiger beetle can go extinct because we're taking away all of its habitat. So after that bombardment of different information and arguments, um, Let's tie it all together with, you know, what, what, what's going on here. Um, Lincoln, Nebraska, and a lot of places in the U.S. are an environmental dead zone, you know. Um, we put in parks that make it seem like nature can exist, but really it's, it's a monocrop of, of grass and maybe a few trees if we're lucky. Um, if we're going to better our society or better the environment... Um, you know, for the future of the human race, we need to start building more sustainable parks. We need to start building better parks. We need to build parks that have, you know, well-designed waterways with ponds and waterfalls and stuff. We need parks with, you know, good natural plants um, because that is going to attract natural wildlife. Um, we need to bring balance back to urban areas. So, you know, how can you do this? There are plenty of things that you can do. You can share this podcast. You can, you know, share this podcast so that somebody else can listen to it and get educated about parks and about the importance of um, parks in all places, especially Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, or you could do some other things. You could organize a protest uh, at your city hall to protest for better parks, to protest for more parks. You could contact your local parks department. Um, you could write to a congressman or congresswoman. Whatever you do, it makes a difference. It could bring us closer to doing things like saving the Salt Creek tiger beetle or improving the mental state of people in urban areas. Um, and that's all. Thank you for listening to this one-time episode of Please Parks with Jack Hensberg.
So, this is my author's note for the Please Parks podcast. Um, I liked this recording a lot better. I, I sort of broke my recording up into chunks. I didn't read off a script other than the, uh, the data and the, the points and stuff. I felt a lot more comfortable um, with recording the episode. Um, I felt a lot more comfortable talking on audio. Um, <clears throat> I'm not, maybe it's just earlier in the morning and I'm more awake. Um, but yeah, I, I had fun with that. I think I really drove home the advocacy factors. I think I really drove home the environment factors. Um, and I think I did a pretty good job on it. This is something that I would probably send to my parents to show them. Um, so yes, I'm proud of this episode. And uh, you don't have to give me any written feedback since it is the last project. Um, So, yes, that is it for my author's note.